This podcast is brought to you by West Monroe Partners, business consultants and deep technologists. If you want to learn more about the road utilities are headed down, go to WMP.com. There you can sign up for their quarterly newsletter, read the U.S. Utility Outlook for 2018, and connect directly with top experts who will work by your side in the journey to transform the industry. Again, that's West Monroe Partners, WMP.com. Stephen, when's the last time you took a taxi over an Uber or Lyft? It's been a while. Uh, I don't even really remember. I was a late adopter to Uber and Lyft, and I remember when I lived in D.C. many years ago, the taxi cab companies started touting their own booking systems to compete with the ride-sharing companies, and I tried to use them. And then after a couple of bookings that uh, didn't materialize, I sat on the curb waiting for a taxi cab to come pick me up early in the morning after booking it for the airport. I just went straight into both Uber and Lyft, and I never looked back. And I don't really recall the last time I took a taxi cab unless it was an emergency. Yeah, I had a pretty similar trajectory in moving over to ride sharing. And I think that that's been the experience of most people. And now we're seeing that pretty much all of these cab companies are are sitting around with infrastructure that's just not being put to the best use. And you can probably see where I'm going with this. There's a concern that utilities might end up facing a similar problem. We see utilities every size, every type. They're they're grappling with distributed assets of one form or another and more coming. And they're trying to figure out what it means for supply and demand and and most importantly, their business model. So there's there's a real conversation. It's kind of been going on for years, but I, I think that it it starts to accelerate with DERs about are some of these utilities just going to be left holding the wires? It is definitely a real and imminent issue now. I can see where you're going with this. Um, and because of this change, a lot of people are searching for the perfect comparison. There are a lot of industries being upended right now. And We've heard about the Amazon comparison, how Amazon changed retail and how utilities might learn from a company like Amazon. We've heard the telecom comparison, how you know early telecom companies were upended by the mobile phone. And none of them are perfect, but I do think that they can help us envision what might be coming next for utilities. Right. That's the big question, right? What is coming next? And are utilities the next taxi cabs? I'm Katie Tweed, Senior Editor with GTM Creative Strategies, and in this podcast episode, it's exactly what we're tackling, talking about distributed resources and how utilities are going to get ahead of them. I had a chance to sit down with two experts at West Monroe Partners and their energy and utilities practice, and we were discussing just this very topic. I asked Tom Hulsbosch and Sam Ueno at West Monroe about the corollaries to these other industries and also to talk about the integration challenges of DERs. The conversation gets pretty technical, but this is important stuff. This is really where the rubber meets the road. So Sam throughout the Uber analogy. And then Tom spoke about why we should also be looking at Germany and potentially also even the need for a distribution system operator. The conversation unfolds from there. So traditional taxi services um, have started adopting dispatch algorithms for like route optimization so that they could identify the shortest drive time given a fleet of vehicles and a list of customer orders. And that helped operational excellence a lot of the, the taxi industry. But then, you know, not long after, Uber comes along 
in or op- operates in the, very much the same industry and changes the game by leveraging kind of a similar technology platform, but executing a, a network business model that, that completely disrupted the, the taxi industry. And so when I think of utilities and I think of early ADMS products and the functionality that they're turning on, a lot of it is, well, how do I operational excellence a lot of the business that I already do as a utility? Like, how do I manage my outages? How do I dispatch uh, crews? How do I get visibility and, and alarms and, and my maintenance? Um, how do I get all of that picture? But then you think of Derm's extensions and you think, well, maybe that's just the Uber. Maybe that's figuring out what degree of of like large CNI or, or smaller CNI that uh, utilities will will control. And so now it's a you have a way of introducing sort of customer operators into the utility generation um, landscape. Just just the way Uber did, and then you can figure out how to you know aggregate, dispatch, and, and make settlement with with those customers uh, in in very fast transactions. So I think that's the analogy we might draw here. To what extent is there the potential that the utilities end up being the taxi service with like a 1994 black sedan that? is like outdated and smells like stale cigarette smoke and everybody is just jumping in the back of a lift. <laughs> uh, you know, if we take a look uh, um, across the across the pond in Europe, for example, um, yeah, I believe that uh, uh, Germany, it, it got ahead of them, right? And, and there were some real challenges as they put on tremendous amounts of wind and solar on their grid. Um, and they didn't necessarily have all the controls to support that, right? And, um, and and not just the controls from a technology perspective, but also the regulatory, right? And they, you know, some significant financial challenges for those utilities, right? Um, I think that the the vision that uh, we're seeing now in the United States around this concept of a distribution system operator, uh, where the distribution utility perhaps can take on this new role of a of, of this DSO, um, supporting. Um, not just the the flow of of the of the energy from our central um, generation sources, uh, but also support this transactional uh, uh, generation of the de that that's enabled by der um, and settlement services. Um, I think that that is the the future of our utility uh, operators um, in this very dynamic environment, and I think that it's a it's a challenge here for our regulators as well as uh, the technologists um, in our industry, right? To to make sure we're setting up both the 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 regulatory framework that allows the um, utilities to invest um, in these all these advanced technologies and analytics, and then we have to match that with uh, the technology. Um, the best technology that that uh, we have in our industry, and I think when we do that, we're going to end up with um, uh, systems that can handle extremely large amounts of of, of uh, renewables and DER, and um, in in a, in a in a cost effective manner. Yeah, so so that brings in the concept that uh, many people in the industry are selling distributed energy resource management system DERMs, as they're known. Our director of grid research, Ben Kellison, says that it sounds like a pseudo skin disease. Um, (laughs) Can agree or disagree on that. But Tom, how do you at West Monroe define DERMS? And talking about the capabilities that Sam just mentioned, is DERMS even necessary? Or again, can it be done differently? 
Great question, Katie. Um, you know, DERMS is, you know, while the definition of DERMS is a distributed energy resource management system, maybe a better definition is, is DER management solution. And what I mean by that is, is, um, often in our, our utilities, uh, we have a particular system, an ADMS or an OMS. It's always this this particular piece of software, right, that does this function. In this particular case, uh, it truly is the function of managing these DERs um, is really cut across a lot of different systems. And so um, it's it's uh, probably not going to be a single system, a, a new DERM system that, that utilities are going to deploy, but rather it's new functionality um, in many of our existing systems. Um, there are some new things that we need that we haven't done in the past, right? Um, we haven't really looked a lot at uh, the, cap- the the equipment that's behind the meter. As a utility, uh, our demarcation point was always that that meter in the home or the business. Well, with the in the world of DER, um, when we get into the 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 business and the home types of DER, um, such as our is a rooftop solar and the um, uh, electric vehicles, uh, for example, or even maybe in the future, things like the Tesla Powerwall, uh, understanding what's behind the meter is really important, right? So now we have to not only um, uh, understand what someone's load typically looks like, but actually what are the DER elements behind that meter? So now we have to get into um, appreciating the what's the system of record of the DER that's on the network, right? So this this uh, ability to capture the applications of DER, every, one time, every time someone puts a DER on the network, right, they've got to put an application uh, together. To capture that information and then distribute that amongst our different systems is going to be really that first step. Right. Um, and uh, and then there's going to be new capabilities um, on our, our power flow tools or on our uh, distribution management systems um, that can take advantage of visibility of that DER information and anticipate um, how they they may they may manage the grid a little differently, um, given that the DER is located, you know, at, at particular homes and businesses. This really becomes an issue of data integration. And given legacy systems that exist um, in utilities, the challenge is very, very real. Sam, can you talk a little bit about the some of the pain points and where utilities truly need to start as they think about, again, getting to even the point of planning and forecasting and then later integration and settlement when it comes to uh, to distribute energy resources? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you're right. The struggle is real. I think I would I would start by acknowledging that, that we recognize that operating in a distributed energy world, it requires both operating and information technology, right? Uh, operating technology to establish that digital foundation, all the sensory, telemetry, remote control, hardware out in the field, and the communication to move it. But at some point, all of that digital information needs to make its way back to the utility so that it can be stored or combined with other information and then analyzed to automate useful insights to run the utility business. So that's where IT kicks in. And that's kind of where we see a lot of our clients struggle. How do they establish that that enterprise data analytic platforms or or series of platforms that creates a, a system of record and upon which analytics can be performed? Now, we 
we would argue that utilities should start by establishing the key capabilities that they need to operate in this high DER environment. So things across that life cycle I mentioned, the, the planning, the integration, the monitoring, the analyzing, and even the controlling. Then they can compare the, the practical use cases that carry out those capabilities. And of course, you'll find these capabilities will, will inform and shape the data architecture and design and ultimately shape the, the tools that they need from, from different vendors. I think Southern California Edison does a good job at this with their sort of systems of systems or their concept of operations for their, their grid management systems because they, they chose to start with a set of capabilities and then they're trying to figure out, well, how do we optimize a solution with tools that exist and tools that will be developed in, in the future? A, a large part of this is, is kind of an OTIT integration issue. It's also about starting from a point where warehousing the data is so, so important. Tom, can you talk a little bit about the issue of, of data integration, but also warehousing and just the starting point as utilities grapple with uh rethinking IT and OT convergence? Sure, sure. I, I think uh, uh, Sam pointed out, you know, that, that we're really talking about a roadmap of um, uh, technology and deployment of technologies. And I think that the as we think about that roadmap, right, the first thing we have to, to say is, okay, where is our system of record? What is the DER that's on our grid today? And then we have to say, hey, where do, where do I have to, um, what other systems need to know about that information? And so this is a, a pretty classic um, challenge here of integration between these IT and OT systems. Okay, so this is the, the, the classic challenge of the information technology and operation technology convergence that we're talking about and so um and, and so one aspect is is um really understanding what's on our grid today um and you know how is it configured what der is in the network and feeder by feeder and then the next element really is as we start capturing information about the operation of that der right uh, where are we going to put it how are we going to analyze it and that that's where our data warehousing comes into play right and providing that information to some of these newer systems that are starting to come online things like uh, advanced distribution management systems or adms a lot of this you mentioned earlier is about extending the functionality of these systems, but where do you see sort of the upper limitation of an ADMS in terms of functionality where utilities need to be thinking about add-on systems, other software platforms? How far out is that for most utilities? I think there's a lot of big um, ADMS vendors that are working on more advanced DERMS functionality that, that's probably not terribly far out. The clear distinctions between existing ADMSs and, and DERM systems that are coming online is that ADMS brings DERS to the utility. In other words, gives them visibility and allows them to operate in a, in a world of, of some degree of DER proliferation. While DERMS is what brings the utility to the DERs, the, the, the grid edge, so to speak. Maybe not all DERs, but perhaps DERs of a certain size and perhaps aggregators of, uh, of a certain cluster of DERs. A lot of the the bigger the bigger vendors out there, the Schneider Electrics, the GEs, and the Siemens, kind of the the upper quadrant of, of Gartner's chart, they have. I, th I think a lot of them are not only creating extensions to their existing ADMS so that you can you can kind of have that that seamless tool, but also bolt-ons for those that may skip over ADMSs. As we look really far out, in and maybe not even that far, there's vast opportunity for utilities to leverage 
artificial intelligence, AI, and machine learning across the organization as DERS proliferate. To what extent are there broad lessons learned from other industries um, and other industries that are, are going through some of this now? I think of the commercial where they're talking about, you know, this is a tomato on a blockchain. Um, and, and obviously, there's limitations to those comparisons as well. So, how soon do utilities need to be thinking about, uh, you know, sophisticated platforms again for AI machine learning? And are there facets within the business now that, that they should be investing? I'll start that there's got to be an acknowledgement that as DERs proliferate on a more or an increasingly complex grid, that, that the problem statements uh, and some of the criteria is, is simply not knowable, um, through, through visualizations that are only looking at, you know, select information. You're going to need machine learning and artificial intelligence to tease out the patterns that are just not viewable. It's just too complex to, to, to monitor and manage it in a manual form. Uh, it's, it's going to require, you know, algorithms that are seeking for the, the hidden, kind of the hidden problems. And I think machine learning is probably the only way to get there. As far as what dictates the, the, the timeline, I think there's going to be a point where um, utility tools just aren't capturing safety criteria or, cri- uh, or um, criteria violations fast enough, and it's you know it's going to require that machine learning. Yeah, there's, it's a pretty tricky uh, situation where if you think about you know pre derms world right uh, when we had just uh, um, demand response systems right. Um, the demand response, uh, what we would do is say, hey, we need to dispatch, you know, 100 megawatts of load. Um, you know, based on history, we know we should dispatch you know, maybe 150 and we'll get 100 megawatts back, right, in terms of actual load reduction. Uh, we, we've got a lot of different tools here when we talk about um, how to manage the, the grid. And, and, and we're going to have to manage it a lot, probably a lot faster. It's not just forecasting of what's, what's going to happen tomorrow, um, but actually what's happening today. So very much around, you know, some of these ancillary services, right? If we start seeing uh, voltage um, and frequency issues on this distribution grid, right, we may want to do some pretty quick uh, dispatching of, of, uh, of battery storage or, or changing some power factor within some of our DERs. And we want to do that relatively quickly. So there's going to be some some kind of fast reacting um, algorithms, right, um, in controlling the power quality uh, minute to minute. Um, and then there's a little bit longer term um, uh, controller algorithms that we're going to have going on, which are really looking at, hey, how much uh, how much more uh, hosting capacity do I really have? And, and maybe also what kind of DER can I, can I support on this grid? Um, what if I put, um, in it, a, a big battery storage, you know, uh, in the neighborhood or at the substation, um, what could I support then? So there's going to be a lot of that. What if type stuff, um, that, that, uh, that, that are more complex, uh, programs, data warehouses and, and, you know, uh, big data analytics, if you will, uh, can help us solve. Um, so the planning here is going to get a lot more complex than what we've seen in the past. And so I think that's where we're going to see um, a lot of this machine learning um, and AI helping us with that planning, helping us with that scenario analysis, um, which will be important as we think about do we provide incentives you know, for um, putting DER at a particular location on the grid for a third-party investment, right? 
Um, so being able to kind of predict the value of that um, and getting it right uh, is pretty complicated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sam, you mentioned, you know, it in the context of kind of scenario analysis, seeking out hidden problems. And, and that's where, you know, AI and machine learning uh, will likely come into place. But to even back it up on the uh, concept of, of hidden problems, are there commonalities across the utilities that you work with where you see that? One of the places I expect utilities to get hung up on is not collecting and integrating the, the right data and having it reflected in sort of their digital twin in their distribution control center. If that network model is not updated, in other words, if that field worker that, that's doing work and, and reconfiguring or, or upgrading isn't updating the right data and that isn't making it into the digital twin, then I'll tell you that whatever, whatever algorithm you run on, on that network model through those power flow analysis or different scenarios isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to tease out what some of those hidden problems are. And so the unknowable is definitely not knowable when, when you have garbage going in. Um, I, I would expect a lot of utilities to get tripped up. And th- that's where IT and OT convergence becomes um, so incredibly important. Could either of you just talk a little bit more about that and how utilities can work with what they got and then ensure that what's coming in in the future is, is again, of the right quality that they can run uh, meaningful analytics? You know, one of my favorite kinds of analytics is the kinds that, that, that improve the data quality of what I have. And so what we're finding um, in the market is we can actually use um, some of this real-time information we're getting from our, um, from our smart meters and from these distribution automation devices to actually uh, better uh, identify potential issues on the connectivity model within the GIS, for example. And so, you know, traditionally, you know, if we have, if, if we, we don't have a lot of confidence in our uh, connectivity model and our GIS, we, we do manual inspections, right? Well, what we're finding now is that, hey, I can take a look at um, the actual voltage and current on my, on my smart meters, and, I, and that information can actually um, help us identify which transformer um, that meter is actually on. So, you know, after storms and stuff, uh, sometimes we get, we, you know, as customers, we, we really care about just getting our power up. You could care less if it's on phase A instead of phase B, <laughs> um, or it's on a, <laughs> or it's on a different distribution transformer. We don't really care. We just want our power up. Well, in those cases, that's when, um, you know, our, our, our data, um, which may have been correct at one point, we have a storm and then now it becomes incorrect. So, we're going to see more and more utilities take advantage of these uh, of these smart devices we're putting on the grid now to actually improve the data that we have. Um, and so, in addition to the um, some of these analytics that we talk about that'll help us uh, manage the grid and, and, and enhance the hosting capacity, um, we're going to have other analytics that are continually running to make sure that the um, that the information that we have is correct. Right. Um, if I've got an analytics that that, for example, I'm looking at, uh, I can I can determine by looking at the smart meter, actually the size of the uh, inverter. You know, or is it a uh, is it a leaf charging or is it a Tesla charging at the home? And I can actually look at that. and I can determine whether or not the information I have on that DER is correct or incorrect. Right. 
So we're going to need to spend more of our time on analytics, actually validating the data in our systems, and then getting confident to actually automatically update it, right? Otherwise, um, like like uh, Sam said, um, the simulations um, are not going to be accurate. We talked about 10, 15-year roadmaps. When do you think here in the U.S. might you might see something that truly functions like a DSO, whether in New York or, or somewhere else? How far out do you think that is? In terms of full rollout and, and a full... Uh, adoption by the by the third party operators, right, and the third party providers, um, we're probably looking at that five to ten year time frame. Um, so when we get the the regulatory framework right and the incentives, you know, once that business case works, it's going to happen really fast. So I think we're looking at that five to ten year time frame for transactive energy, where where people might be actually rather than just net metering and putting their energy back on the grid, uh, they may actually you know be selling it uh, to their neighbor or to someone else. Yeah, so I'm not going to embarrass myself by throwing out a time frame, but I, I would agree that it's, it's very much a function of, of the inputs of, of that business case. I, I would argue that when that business case settles out and you're figuring out, well, how much of that is controlled and managed by the utility versus how much is uh, controlled and managed locally, say, through transactive energy without uh, any connection to the utility or little connection, it's going to be very much a function of the utility's ability to to seamlessly integrate uh, operating and information technology because uh, that's just what every competitive business does in, in, in making these types of digital solutions work. If you like that interview and you want more content like it, go to WMP.com. There you can sign up for West Monroe's Energy and Utilities newsletter. You can find white papers on how utilities are dealing with distributed resources. They've got a U.S. utility outlook for 2018. And, uh, of course, you can connect with experts who will work to help you embrace and ride the transformation happening in the utility industry. They talk through the challenges with utility and industry leaders every day. Again, that's West Monroe Partners, WMP.com.